Welcome to the Vorthos Podcast with your host, Matt W. Ruff. Thank you, Bob, and welcome to episode 25, season one of the Vorthos Podcast. Today, we're going to, we finished the church section, the seven sections on my evolving issues with the modern Christian church. And this one, the whole podcast is generally always about Christianity and therefore about, in remotely ways, about the church because the church is the vehicle by which Christianity operates. And so I want to take a, a we, we, we talked about creeds way back in the early stages of the podcast. Uh, we talked about them. I'm looking it up right now. I think it was, we talked about the commandments and then we talked about uh, the creeds um, in number uh, 9, 10, 11, way back then. So I want to talk about a modern creed today. Um, creeds are, you know, a statement by a body of believers. Let's kind of just leave it like that. Originally, the 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 original creeds, such as the Nicene Creed, was all the church all, all the church leaders got together to handle some issues. Some of them were just simply technical issues, like when will we celebrate Easter. Um. Other and more doctrinal problems. How do we deal with this problem of whether Jesus Christ is God or not partially God or that, you know, those type huge issues in a sense. And they don't, they do and don't at the same time have necessarily fact problems uh, with being accepted. I mean, the Nicene Creed was agreed to by. Most everyone there, I think there were two that didn't agree with it, and they were kind of banished until they changed their tone, which is, you know, people go, well, that's, you know, the way they did it back then. At least they didn't kill them. Um, you know, if you disagreed with a, an emperor, normally you had your head cut off or you were, you know, crucified or, you know, killed in some other way. So dictators from time to time have dealt with things in generally a pretty stringent way. I mean, you you couldn't have survived any almost any history class of ancient times about how ruthless pretty much all rulers were. But today we want to talk about what I consider probably one of the biggest driving forces for um, Christianity there is um, and it's the stance on sexuality um, sexuality which has always been an issue I mean ever since Adam and Eve 
ate the forbidden fruit and noticed they were naked. Sexuality was an issue. Today, sexuality, I mean, I grew up, again, I was born in 1959. So I grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And, you know, there was a saying in the ad business, you know, sex sells. You know, there's a reason a female like a Farrah Fawcett or Cindy Crawford or modern day Britney Spears or whoever you think's, you know, the the bombshell of the day gets paid huge amounts of money to sell things is because sex sells. Um, and it's, that was generally heterosexual things. You, you know, <laughs> a, a college minister of mine once had this great statement. Um, if you can stand in front of a, a, you know, should a Christian ever go to a strip club was the question, uh, which I thought it was a pretty stupid question, but anyway, um, he says, if you can stand in front of a woman who has nearly no clothes on, gyrating and, and showing her most of her privates and not get aroused, then you've got issues. It's not spiritual ones. Um, most guys, and I say most, still today. You know, one of the big lies of the sexual revolution where it's at today with the LGBTQ plus plus movement is that us heterosexual males and, and our equivalent heterosexual females are, are getting to be a minority. The fact of the matter is they're the huge minority and they always have been. Um, homosexuality has existed in biblical times. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't need to go any further. Okay. So what's happening today is not unlike what's happened in the past. Uh, news travels a whole lot faster than it did back then. You know, the world was a much smaller place. Today, uh, you know, a famous star can tweet something and, you know, 50 to 50 million people can know about it. I mean, why do you think Twitter got rid of Trump on Twitter was not because they were so offended by what he said. It's they didn't want his information getting out that fast. I mean, he had 90 million followers and Barack Obama still does have some huge number of followers on Twitter and not everybody gets everything, but you know, with the way things are tweeted and retweeted and then posted on other platforms, you know, uh, news can travel unbelievably fast today. You know, we can have an earthquake happen in, in Japan and before, before it actually hits the coast, we know about it, you know, on the other side of the globe. So that is the world we live in. And, and the sexual issues, uh, and the anti-Christian movements, which is the LGBTQ plus plus movement, they have no tolerance for anybody that doesn't doesn't accept their views, and they have names. You know, if you're against homosexuality on religious ground, you're still homophobic, even if you have homosexual friends. That doesn't matter. <laughs> 
you're labeled. They, they have to label everybody because they're all about division. They're all about, you know, this woke slash cancel culture stuff that's going on these days. So with the last frontier, I mean, we, we now have legalized homosexual marriage in America thanks to the liberals on the Supreme Court. Now, the church hasn't responded as well as I would have liked. Um, and it's even, it's even chancier in other places. You know, um, a pastor in a, in a Baptist church, let's say, in Nashville, Tennessee, is not under legal requirements to marry two guys or two girls. So there's that. Um, but we, we really need to come up with a new, I call it, you know, I have, I have what's called a biblical marriage. I call it, um, it is a marriage before God under God's requirements. Um, a heterosexual male married a heterosexual female. Okay. I don't, I don't recognize any same sex marriage in any church. I mean, not to say some churches, there are liberal churches that have totally thrown away all the commands of Scripture. They live by one. You know, God is love, and therefore we're all for love. The problem with that is it, it's not love we're talking about. When a man has sexual feelings for another man, it's an L word, but it's not love. It's called lust. Uh, and it's corrupt lust at that. And let's face it, men have, heterosexual men have married or otherwise have sexual desires against other women all the time. I mean, you, I'm not saying it's only the gays and the lesbians and that group that are committing sexual sins. Please don't misunderstand this. But the sexual sins are more rampant today only because of the means of communication, I think. Back in the day, you know, the boss would have a fling with his secretary and nobody would find out. He'd still be a deacon in the church and everybody would go on, you know, their happy way. Um, but... You know, I bring all this up as preface before, as I got an email question of what is, what's my view of the Nashville statement. Now, if you don't know what the Nashville statement is, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's fairly long, uh, but not terribly long. I could read the whole thing. Uh, I will read parts of it. So the Nashville statement, just do a Google search, Nashville statement was issued in, I think, 1977. I could be off by a year. Um, and it had a lot of what I call famous Christians, you know, sign it. Now, the idea that we have famous Christians, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast in a sense. But we've always had... I mean, David was famous in David's time. He was the king of Israel, right? So to say we don't 
haven't always had that, you know, we have. But the people that signed it included everybody from, say, R.C. Sproul, John Piper, James Robinson, Tony Perkins, Russell Moore, John MacArthur, James Dobson, you know, the conservatives um, in Christendom. Now, their statement is really funny. Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire, who's Orthodox Jewish, said, so they've put out a statement that doesn't change the view of anything, which is technically true. The Nashville statement is simply a re-statement of what the Bible has always said about sexuality. And so there's, there's no new information. The trouble is the LGBT plus community have been at war against anybody that doesn't agree with them. I mean, you can disagree with them and be quiet and you probably can get away with it. But as soon as you disagree with them, you know, you are a target. And they've targeted, you know, all these people at various stages. And, you know, they haven't targeted me me yet because I'm, I'm just a nobody with a little podcast. But um, the uh, the statement which was released in and I said 1977. I think I'm right about that. I'm actually looking for that date right now, uh, but it didn't say. Ah, that was August 30th, 2017. There was an opposing statement, so it definitely came out before then. Anyway. So the statement reads, starts out with a Bible verse. Know that the the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. What that verse basically says is God is God and you're not. Um, I have as one of my quotes, you know, the two rules for life. God is God and you're not. That's rule one. Rule two, see rule one. It's, this is my little, and it's, we're not gods. Now, if you deny God, if you're an atheist, which all these people are, whether they know it or not, um, well, not necessarily. They could be worse than atheists. They could be <clears throat> conspirators. Of, they could be satanic and not even know it as well. So, <clears throat> But that makes the things even more complicated, so let's just kind of ignore that one for right now. There's a preamble that basically says evangelical Christians at the dawn of the 21st century find themselves living in a period of historic transition. As Western culture has become increasingly post-Christian, which is, is a definite statement of truth, by and large, the spirit of our age no longer discerns or delights in the beauty of God's design for human life. Many deny that God created human beings for his glory and that, it's good, and that his good purposes for us, including our personal and physical design, are male and female. Now, on top of DNA proving that we're male and female, 
that common sense tells us we're male and female. And what I mean by that is common sense. The common vernacular has us as male and female. I've worked in the technology field for half my life. Even when I was in the printing field, I was still on the technical side of things. Um, in sound design, you know, in sound, you, if you looking for an Ethernet cable or an XLR cable or whatever, you define the ends by whether they're male or female. Okay. If you have a typical XLR cable, it's male on one side and female on the other. Okay. The female side, the male side is generally the mic. It plugs in there, and then the male side of the other end of the cable, which may plug into an ascension cord going to a mixer, but when it plugs into the mixer, it's generally a male into that part. Okay, that's how you define the cables, and whether they're XLR or Ethernet or or HDMI cables, okay, they're defined in the in the common use by whether they're male or female. By, I mean, everything I've dealt with in most of my, you know, give me a, and, and be, because in technology, you sometimes have to do things, you know, you have to, you know, I've needed, you, there are connection plugs that are male to male connection plugs. Okay. Cause you gotta, you gotta switch the port, you know, you gotta, you need to, you need to do something that's not normal. And the key to that is not normal. Okay. So all that being said, common use has always been men, male and female. The Bible has always taught male and female. There's no place where it has a positive comment about homosexuality. Okay. The, the eight or nine verses about homosexuality, they're all negatives. Okay. So we're hundred percent uniform with that yet. This statement, which says in Article 1, we affirm that God has designed marriage to be a covenant, sexual, procreative, lifelong union of one man and one woman as husband and wife, and is meant to signify the covenant of love between Christ and, and his bride, the church. We deny that God has designed marriage to be homosexual, polygamous, we also deny that marriage is mere human contract rather than a covenant made before God. There's nothing new in that article one statement. And you go down to number two, we affirm that God reveals will for all people to, is chastity outside marriage and fidelity within marriage. We deny that any affections, desires, commitments ever justify sexual intercourse before or outside marriage, nor do they justify any form of sexual immorality. Nothing new there. Article 3, we affirm that God created Adam and Eve. Now, a lot of people don't believe in a literal Adam and Eve. And I get it. When the science that's taught today, the theories of, of how we came about, They, they never, you know, it's never, the creation is never mentioned 
as a valid science. Exception, if you're in, you know, a circle that is is fundamentally Christian. So there is my favorite sketch uh, to point this out is back in you see him at zoos and I've seen him now on t-shirts where it has the ape progressing to be human. You know, he goes from, you know, low hindquarters to standing on his kind of fist to upright standing. Okay. There's only four or five transitions. The crazy thing they tell you is they never found any of those transitions. They found apes, they found men and ever they they've got like three instances of somebody they believes a trend three that I've heard of transitions. Now we all know sin entered the world at Adam and Eve, so pretty much ever since people have been around, there's been sin, and with that came all we live in what's called a fallen world. Therefore, we have people that, as I've discussed this previously, we have people that are born without limbs. We have people that, you know, obviously, we we have children that die in miscarriage without any help from Planned Parenthood, okay? We have people that are born with various defects. I mean, and there's, there are all kinds of places. Um, some good friends at a church, their child was born with a disease that would not basically allow uh, the body to grow. And so they knew the baby was only going to last somewhere around um, a year to a year and a half. Um, there are people who've, whose children, of course, get autism there are, and, and various other diseases, muscular dystrophy, to name just two of the ones that come to my top of my head. So we, we've all been around the fallen nature, yet we don't seem to separate what God intended to what actually happens. You know, I think for the most part, most people want to be good parents for the most part. But let's face it, it doesn't happen all the time. You you have, you have all these instances of kids being abused. I mean, right now you have all this abuse of, of kids being abused on our southern border, uh, kids being thrown overboard, over the fence, uh, people smuggling their kids into the, the country for hope of a better life. We have all kinds of human trafficking that's still going on. Though we've outlawed slavery, slavery still exists. But every once in a while, you know, you, you read about so-and-so's been rescued from slavery inside America. So what the ideal is, is what the statement is stating. God deals with these absolutes. You're, and I've always kind of never understood there is, I mean, I get the homosexual stuff in a sense, I mean, I don't understand it at all because I have no homosexual desires whatsoever. I find it pretty sickening. 
Uh, so I can't relate to the person that is homosexual. Um, and that being said, the transgender thing still totally blows my mind. They claim, you know, they're a woman and, you know, let's talk about the famous one because, you know, he's famous, you know, Bruce Jenner suddenly became Kalen Jenner. Now, let me state this real as clearly as I can. Back when I was growing up, we laughed at Flip Wilson. There was a movie with Tony Curtis in it and I think Jack Lemmon where they dressed uh, as girls. Uh, I know Tom Hanks played in Bosom Buzzies where they dressed as girls to get into this place to live. Okay. That's something we laughed at growing up. So to not laugh at it today is a challenge for me to begin with. If you don't know what sex you are, the old saying was look down. You know, if you have outdoor plumbing, well, you're male. And if you have indoor plumbing, you're female. That was the way it was simply explained to me early on in life. And it's 100% accurate. What I, what I say to the transgender people is real simple. If you can, you know, they... They have story. They have studies. Harvard has these studies out of how nature, there's all these animals where they can transition from male to female as needed. And they try to use that as examples of why transgenderism is normal. My problem with that is they're not making apples to apples comparison. My reply to that is very simple. If you believe humans should have the ability to switch from being male to female, fine, switch without any medicines and without surgery. If they don't take the drugs and they don't have the surgery, guess what? It doesn't work. Now, those surgical, those drugs and those surgical um procedures are modern day inventions. They didn't have those even a hundred years ago. So how could it been nature's design for it to happen? It's not natural. You know, it's like anything else. Now I, I have a negative opinion, excuse me, I have a negative opinion of most plastic surgeries, but that doesn't make me think that all plastic surgery is wrong. All these are all these stars trying to stay young forever. It a never looks natural. Is plastic surgery a good thing? Yes, it can be a good thing. The the girl the mercy ships, which is the ship that goes around to do surgeries in third world countries, they perform, they perform a lot of surgeries on children that have cleft lip. Okay. It's a small surgical procedure that cures this very unpleasant looking thing that really hurts the kid's self being have no problem with that. One of my kids teachers, who's pretty with somebody, man, got a nose job. Okay. 
what's really crazy today, and, and I just heard about this a few years ago, but I heard it's been going on for a while. For In the, the ritzy parts of rich towns, so think, uh, you know, whether it's Dallas in Texas or whether it's Nashville in Nashville, I mean, in Tennessee, or whether it's, you know, Chicago, the rich parts of those towns, because there's always a rich part of every town, big town. The number one requested thing for girls graduating high school for their high school present is boob jobs. You know? Now, when I heard that, I go, no way. But apparently, a lot of women have had them. Now, you know, take that for what it's worth. I, I'm of the natural camp. Now, I've had... Um, some dermatology work done. Okay, I have very oily, this is going to be gross, but it's, I guess I'll bring it up. I have oily skin. I get these these little things that grow inside my scalp, my scalp, and they simply just have to cut it and pop it out. It's basically a hair follicle that gets messed up in oil. Instead of going out, it starts just creating this this lump of whatever, and it's creates a bump on my head and it's a small procedure. They just, you know, pop it out like a, and it's done. There's nothing to it. Um, I've had that done. I've had skin. I have a lot of skin tags. I've had some of them removed. Uh, I've sort of just given up lately and then I've got skin tags for people that have them cut off. I get it. No problem there. But I haven't said, you know, we're not talking about cutting off major really body parts here um, or adding on, you know, breast to a guy. This makes no sense to me. Um, yet you should hear, you know, when the Nashville statement came out, I mean, everybody from the mayor of Nashville who said, you know, um, the so-called national statement is a poorly named and does not represent inclusive values of the city of Nashville. And she was, of course, a liberal who, who was also a crook who got ran out of office for stealing and having an affair. No big surprise there. Um, but you, you've got all these people that came to criticize the Nashville statement, including some semi-conservatives. You know, there are there are people that believe we have to be inclusive of the LGBT plus community. And, and I just. I'm inclusive of them if they admit their sin and try to reform from their sin. But Christianity is a change. Uh, we all are Christians. We all are sinners when we come to Christianity. We still are sinners after we become Christians, but we work to reduce that sin. We try to conform ourselves to the Christian doctrine. The Christian doctrine does not allow for same-sex practice. If you have 
and um, I'm totally just out of my my zone here because I don't relate to it. If you have attraction, same sex attractions, then that's no different than us that have opposite sex attraction. In a sense, you have you can't just go have sex with everybody. Um, and there's a reason you can't get married versus us that are designed to be married. Marriage is by definition in the Bible, male, female. You can't just change the definition because you're attracted to a male or if you're a female attracted to a female. And that's no different than any other sin. One of the, the people that some of the people that condemned the Nashville statement condemned it on the basis of why didn't you come out with a statement against greed? Seriously, there needs to be a statement against greed. The trouble is too many of the, too many Christians don't want a statement on greed. I mean, I admit it exists way too much in the Christian church. You know, the and the trouble is way too many that are pastors have a greed problem. I mean, they look, they live in these huge mansions and they're rich by any definition of rich. So, so I, I, I get their point, but they're, they're coming at, they're attacking a statement saying, well, don't spend your time on this. Well, I think you spend your time on everything. I think you need to attack greed for greed, but you need to attack the sexual sins for the sexual sins. You've got to attack it all. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, that's where I stand on the Nashville statement. Uh, I would sign the Nashville statement. Is it perfect? No, but no statement written by men or a group of men is ever going to be perfect. It's not going to happen. But its heart is in the right place. We cannot, we've already let way too much into the church. We can't just totally, we need to tighten the grip on our theology, not loosening it anymore. You know, we need to deal with those other issues. But that doesn't mean loosen these other things. And so, you know, that's my view for the for the listener that listened to the Nashville statement, I agree with the Nashville statement. Is it perfect? No, but it, it's, it's harder in the right place and it meant well. And of course, you know, one of my, one of my general rules of thumb is always consider the source. You know, I, I never read the New York times, or the Washington post. I can tell you what they're going to say almost every time. If, if, you know, the one thing, I like about math and of course math is math is under attack now because it's considered racist by somebody. Um, the re, the reason I really love math is because two plus two always equals four. It's a, it's a, it's like binary. It's either right or wrong. Sexuality is that way too. It's not like English, you know, I before E except after C. I mean, there in everything in the English language, there's an exception or a rule. And what's crazy, even the experts don't agree. 
Grammarly, which I use because I'm a terrible writer, correct stuff that I know. I remember going, that's wrong. I, 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 I'm not good at English in most things, but I know that's wrong. And I took it to a friend who I knew, who's an, who's an editor for a big publication goes, yeah, that's their new way of doing it. It's a slight change, um, but it's not considered wrong anymore. Okay, great. But it's easy to be wrong in English because there's two views and three views and four views. I much prefer math. What can I say? Two plus two always equals four. And when it doesn't, go back to the drawing board. Anyway, this is the end of season one of the uh, Orthos podcast. I will pick back up in late August, early September uh, with season two. And if you have topics you want me to deal with, please send them in. It's uh, my email address is, is in the coming up here shortly. And it's on the website. Vorthos.net. I almost forgot my own website. Yeah. Vorthos.net for the Vorthos podcast. And I wish you all a very happy summer. Thanks for listening to the Vorthos Podcast. Visit Vorthos.net for more information. That's Vorthos, V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. You may follow at Vorthos on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on the Vorthos Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Vorthos Podcast. Any content provided by Matt or our guest are their opinion and not intended to malign or insult anyone or anything. Matt W. Ruff can be reached at mattwruff at forthos.net. That's M-A-T-T-W-R-U-F-F at V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. <laughs>